Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. Today we start a new series titled, It Takes Faith. When you look at men and women of the Bible, we see a common thread with those who seem to deem the, the, the most notable. And that common thread is simply they operated in faith. We could put it this way. The hallmark of great biblical heroes is they lived by faith. But here's what I want to challenge you today. Yes, it is great that we have biblical heroes, we learn from them, we're encouraged by them, but what would it look like for you to have great faith? What would your outcome be like? What would you become? How high would be your limit? What kind of influence could you have? What kind of miracles could you be a part of if you had the same faith as those in the Bible? Abraham believed God and became the father of many nations. Sarah believed God and became a mother at an age where she was way past motherhood. Moses believed God and he delivered people out of bondage. And all of these people and many, many more were connected by virtue of their great faith. And, and, and I said it a while ago, but we say the hallmark of a biblical hero is great faith. The type of faith that would cause Sarah at 90 years old to trust what a word from God said that said you will be a mother. And at 90 years old, you and I would think that would be impossible. But Sarah said, I believe the word of God in this situation. And she bore a child. The type of great faith that when you're thrown into a den of lions, you're not touched by one of them. The, the type of faith that if you had a, a health issue for 12 years and you said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I could be made whole. There is story after story in the Bible of men and women who exercised faith. And when they did, something on earth changed. Today, I want to start this Faith It Takes Faith series on a message that we're going to title, The Concept of Faith. I'm going to need you to follow closely on this one because it may get a little bit confusing, but I promise you at the end, it will all make sense. Are you ready for this? Okay, let me try that one more time. At the end, it'll all make sense. Are you ready for this? Yes. Let's go. Hebrews 10, uh, Paul is writing to a group of people who have basically are, are saying, I'm thrown in the towel. I'm giving up on my faith. Being a Christian is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. And this is what Paul writes to them. Let's look at our notes. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, 
you may receive what is promised. For a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul is displeased with him. Hmm. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Paul says that I am writing to you so that you do not, qu uh, you do not uh, quit. The first blank in your outline. Endurance is the key. But then after you read this, Paul writes, the righteous shall live by faith. Whatever faith is, it is supposed to be a lifestyle, not a one-time event. It says the righteous shall live by faith. In other words... Whatever faith is, which we're going to get to, is a normal way of life. This is not a one-time event that you have. This is who you are. It's how you think. It leads you. It directs you. It is, uh, we could say, it is the flow of our life is to be a person of faith. Look in your outline. Faith is not a concept that you visit but a lifestyle you possess. The righteous shall live by faith. For the righteous to learn how to live by whatever faith is, the righteous get to experience God in action. You, you get to experience God fulfilling His word whenever you live by faith. That's what Hebrews 10.36, we just read it. You receive what He has promised. You receive what God can do in your life when you have done the will of God. What is the will of God? To live by faith and to have righteousness. So the question I want you to ask yourself is, am I living by faith? If I'm not living by faith, then I am not experiencing the fullness of God in my circumstances. So let me ask the same question, but in a little bit different way. Am I experiencing God fulfilling his word in every area of my life? Hebrews 10, the righteous live by faith and they receive what he's promised. So if you are living by faith, you are experiencing God in every area of your life. So that means if you're not experiencing the fullness of God in every area of your life, there must be an area of your life that does not have the faith that you need to have. I told you it's going to get confusing. We're not even to the confusing part yet. All right. So what is faith and how does it work? In your outline, Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation says faith is the confidence or the reality of things hoped for. Faith is something you can rely on. Faith is the confidence of something that you cannot see. Let me, let me put it this way. If faith has a... If faith has a substance, then faith, then faith must have a substance. If it is a substance, it must have a substance. Are you following that? It's, it's, it's kind of deep. You're just going to have to follow me because it's all going to come clean at the end. So what this means is faith is only as meaningful as the substance it is attached to. If you have faith in bad substance, 
then your faith will be insufficient no matter how much faith you possess. The substance you are placing your faith in is not much. What kind of substance does your faith have? Let me explain. Faith has to do with an expectation and a hope that must involve a substance. So the amount of faith is not tied to the amount of faith you have, but rather how much substance you possess. A little faith in significant substance produces great results. A great faith in insufficient substance will produce no results. <laughs> you guys following me? I see some glass-eyed and I see some like, okay, I'm, I'm following. Um, so to understand faith, you have to look at the substance or confidence or reality of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is tied to a substance that is not yet seen or experienced in our natural five senses. Faith, write this down, is having confidence that something is when in the natural it is not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. Your faith is found in the confidence of knowing that the reality of your situation is different than the situation itself. Your natural situation looks like all hell's breaking out, but your faith situation looks like there's peace. Your natural uh, situation looks like there is no hope, but your faith situation looks like your victory has already been achieved. Faith is not just a one, uh, one. Faith is not just one of the things that you need in the Christian walk. It is the key to living the life that God has called you to experience. Because as we read in Hebrews ten, without faith, you are displeasing to God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to displease God. And so if I don't want to displease God, how do you please God? You live by faith. And if you're not living by faith, you're displeasing to God. When you don't exercise faith on the top of your outline on the back page, you are challenging God's integrity. Let me, let me phrase that a little bit differently. To not live by faith is to call God a liar. Faith... Write this down. Is acting like God is telling the truth. <laughs> this is why the Bible tells us to walk by faith. It doesn't say to feel by faith. It says to walk by faith, not by sight. Let me give you an illustration that I hope will make this a little bit more clear to you. Several years ago, I was speaking with a, a well-known Hollywood actor. In fact, most of you, probably every one of you would know who he was. Uh, he was at our church visiting one Sunday, and we were in the back room, and he and I were talking before he was uh, going to go on stage, and something he told me struck. I want to read it because I, I wrote it down whenever he told it to me, because this is powerful for the illustration that we're using it for. This is what he said. When I am playing a character, I have to get into the role of that character. I learn about that character. Whatever the character needs to do, it is what I do. I think how the character thinks. I respond to things how the character responds. It is not me and my response in the scene, but rather the character. I am fully immersed in the character I am playing. You follow me? He is acting completely out of his natural person 
into the character of what he is to portray for the film. When you are acting in faith, you are no longer acting the way you think, but you are in the character which is the nature of God. What does God say about this situation? How would God respond in this situation? What does the the will of God look like in this situation? What does the word of God say in this situation? The character I am acting in is the one who is walking in the character of Christ. I'm not saying we're portraying a fake image. Don't don't hear that when you say a character because you think Hollywood actor, fake image. That's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he was so enveloped in the character he was playing, it became who he was. Whenever you are a person who lives by faith, you have to get yourself into the character of what faith looks like and get so enveloped in what faith is so everything around you, everything you say, everything you act, everything that you do is coming from the character of faith. Does that make sense? Why well, I use like an actor, it kind of makes sense, a, a, a portrayal of an image there. If you want a concrete manifestation of God, then what you believe about God must be married to what you do in light of that belief. You are exercising faith so that God can become concrete in your life, not just a theory in your head. There is a level of faith that we are to walk into that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter how it looks, God is concrete. He's not movable. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The level of faith we have takes us to a place as solid as the rock of who God is, what is capable of what He is doing, and what His Word has promised to you. That is what faith looks like. Faith is what God's Word says, and God's Word is concrete and non-movable. God is real. God is powerful. God is almighty. But you won't see the fullness of what God wants to do in your life without faith. Your calling lies dormant. Your healing lies dormant. Your desires lie dormant. But here's the thing. They're already available to you. You just have to access them by faith. In other words, you get into the character of faith and start living it out. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, because God said so. <laughs> Let me say that again. I know you got it in your notes, but it's just, it's just fun. Faith is la- acting like it is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, because God... Let's look at Hebrews 11 too. For by it, faith, the people of old received their commendation. What this means is God validated. He vindicated the people of the Old Testament. Testament. There were people all throughout the Old Testament that lived by faith. You have Abraham, who we're going to look at more in this series. You have Joseph. You have Ruth. So many people. And why is it that thousands of years later, we're sitting in this building talking about them? Because they were people who acted in faith. And they acted in faith more than the ones who chose not to became biblical heroes. It takes faith 
to walk out your destiny. It takes faith to walk out your healing. It takes faith to follow Christ day in and day out, no matter what the circumstance looks like. It takes faith to move mountains. If you and I would start living by faith, we would see God move in a greater level. We would understand that the victory that we're asking for is already ours for the taking. <laughs> if we started living by faith, we would come to a place in our lives that whenever a situation came up, our heart, our thoughts, our worrying never entered the solution because what does God say in this situation? It's under control. My nature's in it. So therefore, the outcome is what my word says. The promises of God in your life are already fulfilled. <laughs> but you just have to live by faith. The substance of which you pull your faith from is no longer a substance of lack, but of plenty. The substance that you pull your faith from is no longer worry, no longer doubt, no longer anxiety, no longer brokenness, but you're pulling the substance of faith out of your life, out of wholeness, out of wisdom. The substance in which your faith pulls from is the overflow of heaven, but it is brought forth in the lifestyle of righteousness because the righteous shall live by faith. I'm going to say that again because I don't think you got it. The substance in which your faith pulls from is the overflow of heaven. But it is brought forth in your lifestyle by living a life of righteousness. If you're not living a life of righteousness, you will never see the level of faith that God wants you to have. That one sink in a little bit harder on that one? Okay. Hebrews 11.3. We're going to start tying some things together. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let me take you all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. We understand that the world was created by something that was not here. A word was spoken. In Genesis 1, God created the heavens and earth. Remember what is faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith has a substance. Faith has a reality. God has operated this way from the beginning. God created things that you can see out of things that you cannot see. God used this strategy to create the universe. But how did he do that? In verse 3, I have it underlined, by the word of God. The word there of the word means rhema or a divine utterance. When God uttered a word, things that were not came into existence. When he uttered the word, what was not became so. It came because of what was uttered, because of what was spoken. Somebody who you can't see, God, said something that you cannot hear, let there be, 
and something that you can see, the earth was created. Something out of nothing. The word spoken by faith brought a reality to something that was not there before. This is why the, um, the centurion in the New Testament, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you pray for my son who is dying? And Jesus said, I will go and visit him. The centurion said, you don't have to, just speak the word. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. The centurion understood if a man said something in faith, the word that is spoken in the natural will produce a result in the heavens that will cause a manifestation on earth. When the word was spoken, something that you could not see took place and created a physical manifestation and the boy was healed. You have to utter the word in faith substance and the situation that I have will change. But why do we lack faith? We have literally been trained from the time that we were children, little children, to doubt faith. Let me explain why. And I want to be careful. Oh, Adrienne's not in here, so I can say this. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. Um, she's a teacher, so I don't want to say anything against teachers. Oh, and Janet, you're at school too. Sorry. Just, I, you, you'll get what I'm saying. Education messes us up from a very early age. The, the education that we get in school teaches us that evolution happened. It teaches us that in order for something to be, there has to be something else for there to be a cause. So you can't believe in something out of nothing. So from the time we're this big, we are trained to not have faith. We don't even understand it when we're three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. But the people who create the education system do. So let's just backtrack. We're not going to get on that train. But I do want to say, whenever you are in school, they train you a specific way. There's a philosophy that they teach, and they have basically subconsciously taught you to not have faith, that faith is not a natural part of life. God made the heavens and the earth. He created something that you don't see into something that you can see by speaking a word. When Abigail was um, just a little bitty girl at our church, we had this stage, and it was yay tall, and there were stairs that were up over here, and in the front of the stage was flat. And after church was done, I would be up at the front praying with people or talking with people, whatever. And Abigail, after service, would come running up on the stairs, come up on the stage, and would yell, Daddy, catch me! And she would just jump off the side of the stage, you know? you know, you know. It didn't start out that way. When Abigail was a little younger, I would, after service, her mom would bring her in, we would hang out and talk to the people and all whatever, this stuff. And I would put her on the stage, and I'd say, Abigail, jump! And she, nope. And she would take off running the other way. I'm not going to jump. You crazy. I say, Abby, Abby, come over here. Abby, just jump. I'm going to catch you. Nope. And she would run off the other way. And all right, whatever. And the next Sunday, she'd come up, and I'd put her back up on stage and say, Abigail, jump. Nope. I said, Abigail, all right, I'll catch you. Just jump. It's not that high. Just jump. And she would come a little bit closer 
And as she got closer, she said, Daddy, you come closer. Daddy, draw near to me. <laughs> and that first time she jumped, she didn't jump. She had her feet there, and she just kind of fell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't really trust what you're going to do. I'm just going to stand here. I'm just going to kind of fall into you and see if what you say is actually right. <laughs> so I put her back up on that stage and said, Abigail, jump. And this time she put both feet. And she went, <laughs> and she jumped. And guess what? I caught her. She was happy. I was happy. She was smiling. I was smiling. So I put her back up on that stage. You know what she did again? She jumped. But she, she's a little nervous. She didn't, she didn't quite come. I said, Abigail, jump. And she, are you sure? You, you're going to get me, right, Dad? Okay. Dad, don't, don't drop me. Okay. And she's smart, Alex. She's kind of smart. Don't, don't you drop me. Okay. And she would come. And she would jump. And, and I'd catch her. And she would put her back on there and she would jump. And I would catch her. And after a couple of weeks, was do, after a, a few weeks of doing this, it came to the point where she would, after church, run up on stage and I wouldn't even be looking at her. And she would just yell, Daddy, I'm going to jump and catch me. She had the confidence of what I said would come to pass. She believed what I said because she started trusting me in the small areas of life. You're going to understand this. She convinced herself that once she learned that she could trust me, she no longer had the fear of falling. She learned to put her faith in her daddy to catch her. Church, let me get on this bandwagon for a second. It's time for you to jump. It's time for you to get up off the stage. God is telling you, I've got a call upon your life. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a faith movement I need you to operate in, but you're not willing to jump. Jump. Because God's word is true. I would never in a million years to the best of my ability drop my daughter when she jumped. If I love my daughter that much, how much more does God love you? He has a plan, but he's saying just jump. If you're going to live in faith, it's time to jump. <laughs> oh, but you don't know. Yeah. I don't care. God says, jump. Your plan, your desires, your ability is irrelevant. When God says, jump, it's time that you get up on that stage and say, Daddy, catch me. Because I'm going to walk out in faith. I'm going to live out my faith. I'm going to live out my calling. I'm going to become what you've called me to become. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. It doesn't look like it in the natural, but faith says, I don't look at the natural circumstance. I look at the God circumstance, and Dad tells me to jump. It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes faith. I don't know if you heard me, but it takes faith. It takes faith. I'm going to say it 27 more times. It takes faith to live the way that God's called you to live. It, it takes faith to see things one way and no longer see them the way that God or the way that you see them, but the way that God sees them. That takes faith. It takes faith to say to the mountain, be moved. But once you learn to live in faith, 
You will live in such a way that no matter what comes your way, you trust that God is in control and he'll catch you because his word promises it. Do you believe his word? When he says jump, when he says I'm there for you, then why don't we live by faith? <laughs> you guys are like, wow, that kind of hurt. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is acting in what God's word promises to you. How about you go ahead and write that down? Faith is not a feeling. It is acting in what God's word promises to you. The righteous shall live by faith. When we put faith into the equation, because the substance that we pull from creates something out of nothing, we no longer see the situation the way we see it, but the way God sees it. So therefore, it may look like the situation you're in now is not where it is supposed to be, but faith calls those things that are not as though they are. What is something in your life that you're doubting God in? What is something in your life that you've heard many, many times? You can't do this. You can't be that. You can't go over here. You can't be healed. You can't live that way. You were born broke. You're going to be broke. You're going to die broke. What are things that have been spoken over your life that God says, no, 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 no. My word says this. Faith in action is motion moving forward. My challenge, my, my, my question, my, my, my desire for all of you this week is to jump in one area. It doesn't have to be every area. What is one area where you've said, God, I've, I have taken control of the situation. I've got to trust you. going to jump. There are certain areas in my life that faith is super predominant. Um, you, when it comes to my business, I've never doubted. God, I, literally, Adrian, from the day we started, it was, we started on a holiday. And that was the dumbest thing in the world to start on a holiday. And I'd booked $1,000 worth of work on my very first day of business. Didn't even know what I was really advertising here in Norman. We were new. And there's such trust that I have with God in my business. And I, I want you to look at your own life. Are there certain areas where maybe you tend to have a little more faith in? Well, how do you have faith in those areas? You learn to jump. And you trusted God. And God took you to a new place. So what are the areas in your life that you need to trust God in? Some things that you just naturally have a greater faith for. That's great. What are some areas that you don't have faith? Like, like uh, I'm gonna, uh, Casey over here has faith. He, he's a phenomenal drummer. Probably the best one you'll ever see in person. He goes out for a job at... OKC Thunder to play drums, he had the faith. Now it's up to God. He had the talent, he had the ability. God, if you want me to do this, that's great. I'm going to go do my part. Faith says I'm going to do it, and okay, let's give him the job. 
Because he was already developed in one area, he was able to have faith in that area. You've got to develop areas in your life to have faith in. What are the areas in your life you're saying, God, I'm developing this area so I can trust you? I'm going to speak some faith right now. This church will grow. There will not be people who come in here that will not be healed. I am believing with all my heart that every person who comes in this place is healed. I'm speaking faith into whenever families come to this church, families that are far away from God, the children have nothing to do with them, the relationships will be restored. Because when you get in the environment of faith, God begins to move and it changes how you think. It changes what you believe. It changes what you do. You don't operate in a level of insecurity. You operate at a level of confidence. And when you begin to operate at a level of confidence, your faith will rise and the outcome will change for what God has called for it. So we speak it into your life. We speak faith into your life. You claim it. God, I've got faith when it comes to my career. I've got faith when it comes to my marriage. I've got faith when it comes to whatever situation I'm looking at. I will not hold on to anything else other than what your word says. It's time to jump. Let's pray. Father God, we want to be people of faith. The hallmark of the biblical heroes that we looked at and that we will look at all had this theme in common that they operated in faith. When all else was failing, they said, God, I trust you. So God, today we say those words, I trust you. I trust you. Your word will not return void. The the promises of your word are yes and amen. They are complete. They are accomplished. They are finished. They are finite in our lives because, God, we trust you. Your word says the righteous shall live by faith. So, Lord, I pray this week you help us to live more righteously. Lord, show us the areas of our lives that we need to surrender to you. Show us the areas of our, uh, of our marriages, of our relationships that we need to surrender, the, the things that we do that we need to surrender to you so, so righteousness can come and fill those areas, that holiness can fill those areas, that purity can fill those areas, so that way we can live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com, to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, Let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.